yesterday I taught on the process of faith. And we said belief is the process for faith. So, to explain or to sum up what I was teaching yesterday, I was trying to teach on how to believe. Because we can tell you that oh, your problem is faith. How do you get the faith? Or we say believe. And you want to believe, but you don't know how to believe. How many of you know how to believe? Rita, if I ask you to believe right now, what are you going to do? You see, you can't explain that. I said believe. Rita, if I ask you to believe right now, I'm asking you to do a very difficult thing. Because how do I do it? If I ask you to believe, what will you do? Rita said, believe. What will you do? She said she will believe. What does that mean? What will you do? If I ask you to believe right now, what will you do? Can you explain it? You let your faith work. How do you do that? Yeah, if I say use your faith, maybe you may demonstrate your faith. But I'm not asking you to use your faith. I'm saying believe. So it's strictly a hard thing. Where a hard man believe. So I say believe. What are you going to do? You believe. How do you believe? What do you do? You act. No, that's faith. You're acting on what you believe. But belief is raw in the spirit. It's your heart. With a heart man, believe it. So if I say believe, what are you going to do? Consider what I've said done. So we tried to explain that yesterday. So that helps us. That makes it too easy for us. That's correct. Uh huh. If I say believe right now, what are you going to do here? He says, the Bible says, that how can they believe on whom they have not heard? So, if I say you should believe, you must hear something. Alright? Yeah, if I say believe, believe, what are you going to do? Have you thought about that? You see, if you are in church and you don't ask questions, ask questions before the devil asks you. If not, so you'll be in trouble. Question the things you have been hearing and find scriptural answers, answers from the Holy Spirit. If not so, one day, everything will be eroded. Because you have not understood what you're doing. You see, it's a very difficult thing to believe. Because it's a spiritual thing. Entirely spiritual. Are you here? Everything I ask you to do, you can do. But if I ask you to do something spiritual, it's entirely spiritual. So, how are you going to do it? So we try to explain 
how do you believe that's what i tried to explain yesterday i didn't title it that way i titled it the process of faith now the process of faith is believing faith is a consummation but the process for faith is believing and out of all your act of faith the most important is believing that's why i want us to concentrate on believing believing say believing say believe now how do you believe i hope we are all in church today better if i say believe what are you going to do is that if i said something first and i said believe then he's supposed to believe what i said how are you going to do that you're going to think more about it you see so for many times what we do is mental ascent that's not believing now i'm not saying she's wrong i wanted to say it first that it's easy to have a mental ascent yes i agree so you agree with me but it doesn't necessarily mean you believe it's close to it that's the closest and a natural man can do that because he doesn't need his spirit with a heart man believe it not with a mind you can doubt in your mind and still believe in your heart so you can have mental assent agree in your mind and not believe now i'm not saying that you should ignore the mind You see, she said, I'll think about it. Because meditation is the last step into believing. So your mind is very important. She said, I'll think about it. So meditation, that's why you meditate on the word of God. Because from meditation, the next thing is the word moves into your heart. With the heart man believes. So believe is an activity of your heart. Now, we're getting very close to the answer. Who can tell me, if I say believe, what are you going to do? That is why many times people have problems with faith. It looks so vague. They don't know what to do. So you just tell them it's your faith. You don't believe. And they are looking at you. They say, I don't know what you're talking about again because I don't know what to do. They can sow seeds. They can pray. They can act. Because one is physical, so it's easy to do. But they have not learned how to engage their spirit. Because faith has got to do a condition of your heart. And believing is an activity of your heart. So it's about the potency, the strength of your spirit. We're asking your spirit to move. We're asking your spirit to see. We're asking your spirit to say. She said in her heart. So, I think about it. So what your mind is doing now, your heart should do the same.
So if I say believe, I'm asking you to engage your spirit. But I'll tell you something. He said, how can they believe on whom they have no head? He said, your spirit man is helpless without the word of God. You will try to believe. You don't believe. Because your spirit in itself doesn't have the strength. Except there is the word of God. So then faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. You can't believe when there's no word there. It's like there's no energy in there. And I'm asking you to walk, to speak. So there's no strength there. So the Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12, 2. Let's see from the Amplified. He said, Jesus is the one who gives the initial incentive for faith. Looking away from all that will distract us now to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith. Giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher. So the first incentive the first incentive before you can even move your heart that you want to believe. Who gives it? Who gives it? Who gives the first incentive? Did you see? The author and the finisher. The author, he created a book. The author of your faith. He wrote your faith. He met your faith. He measured your faith. He gave you the faith. So he gives you the first incentive. Bible says people were prompted by faith, actuated by faith. It's a move of the spirit. It's a move of your spirit. It's a stirring of the spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Praises. It's the Holy, of course, the Holy Spirit. The Word of God has the Spirit of God. The Word of God is Christ. When it comes into your spirit, the Spirit of Christ empowers, prompts, actuates. So He gives the first incentive for faith, but not just that. It gives the first incentive and he does what? Giving the first incentive for our belief and he's also the finisher bringing it to maturity and perfection. So the believing process is done by who? Now you are supposed to do it but it's actually Jesus who gives you the incentive. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He gives you the power. I want to show you something. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 6. Who 
hath also, now they are talking about Jesus. He has made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. What is the letter? The sacred writings of the Old Testament. That's what's called the letter. But in English, or in law, when we say letter, or the letter, as opposed to the spirit, we are talking about the exact wording. The exact wording and writing. Void of the intent. An application. Just the raw law. And we are not thinking about its application and the intent, what it's supposed to achieve. So when God gave the law of Sabbath, that law became bondage because they didn't understand that that law was supposed to liberate them. You can't walk a certain distance. You remember that somebody was healed on a Sabbath day. They said it was a Sabbath day. He shouldn't pick his mat. Now, what they are doing is that they are taking the letter of the law and not the spirit. Sabbath is about rest. Now, if somebody is sick, how does he rest? So the healing is actually the true rest. Now, they say, don't even go home. Because you are not supposed to walk. That's what happens... When you have letter and not spirit. The letter, which is still God's word, killeth. But the spirit gives life. The spirit that is talking about the Holy Spirit is Numa. The Holy Ghost wrote the Bible. And the word of God is supposed to be the breath of God. So if you take the Holy Spirit out, what you have is death. What you have in your hand is death. Look at verse 8. Maybe if you read from verse 7, then you can understand verse 8. But if the ministration of death, those who went out administering the letter, thou shalt not, Kill him. The person who does this, stone him. What God was trying to say is that sin kills. Stone him. Burn him. We caught him in the act of adultery. And they were going to stone the woman and leave the man free. They were ministering the letter. They were ministering death. If the ministration of death, written and engraven on stone, was so glorious, when that agreement or covenant was enacted, it had so much glory that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance. You know which represented the glory of that covenant? Which glory was to be done away with? Which glory was just a temporal glory? That's the thing about death. You see, many of us, we just know of death as an event. But it's also a state. 
God said to Adam, the day you eat the fruit, you surely die. So when Adam didn't die after eating the fruit, he thought he is not dead. He didn't know it was just a matter of time. So they live at nine and something, but they died eventually. So that's how this covenant, it was to be done away. It was temporary. After a while, the glory left the face of Moses. The glory of the Old Testament. Just that. But the Bible says, even if the ministration of death was so glorious, verse 8 says, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit Let's complete that statement. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit He's talking about church, us, compared to the Old Testament form of ministration. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather Say the ministration of the Spirit. Say the administration of the Spirit. Say the service of the Spirit. Now, what is the ministration of the Spirit? Who can tell me? And you see, when I ask you a question, don't necessarily get into my head and try to see what he wants. Tell me what is scripturally correct. Because many of you know the thing, but you think this is what he wants, so you try to say what I want because of the things I'm saying. So you try to get into my mind and say, maybe this is what he wants. You see, that's what your teachers did to you. There were times that I was right, my teacher marked me wrong. So I had to learn to just tell him what he wants. But that's not how you are taught in the university. That's how you are taught in the primary school. But that's not how you are taught in the university. Because that's critical thinking. I ask you a question, I'm explaining an answer. What is the ministration of the spirit? Ah, uh, experience are led by, uh-huh. They are the sons of God. The Bible says the just shall live by faith, uh-huh. So the administration of the Spirit is living by faith. All right. It's correct. But he's just going ahead of us, eh? He's going ahead of the class. He's bullying all of you. It's correct. But we are not there yet. General, the first thing he said that to believe is to consider it done. Of course, that's what we studied yesterday. And we'll get there. And what he said is correct. The Bible says, He that worketh miracles and ministereth the Spirit amongst you, how does he do it? Do whether he by the works of the law or through the or by the hearing of faith. So, ministration of the Spirit is faith. Bible says we obtain the promise of the Spirit by faith. Every time we walk in faith, we release the Spirit. We will get there. It's correct. But what is the meaning of the ministration of the Spirit? Ministration of the Spirit. How do we minister the Spirit? It is the preaching of the word in contest. He is calling the Old Testament ministration. The preaching of the law. He is calling the ministration of death. So the ministration of the spirit is the preaching of the New Testament. (laughs) 
So that tells you that when somebody is preaching, he's ministering the spirit. Now, if the person is preaching, and is preaching Old Testament, raw, without the spirit of mercy, grace, faith, he is ministering death, though he's a preacher. He's ministering death. But when you are preaching the New Testament, you are preaching Christ, and the finished work of Christ, or the gospel, you are ministering the spirit. Which means that every time we preach the gospel, we release the spirit. We are administering how do you minister grace to people? By preaching on grace. That's the first. What he's talking about is number three. That is tertiary. We'll get there. But the elementary is preaching the word. Every time the word of God comes, the New Testament, Jesus, his finished word, grace, mercy, faith. Every time we preach these things, we are ministering the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The anointing. Then the secondary manifestations or ministrations of the Spirit is what? What is the ministration of the Spirit? Yes. Yes, we know that. But what I'm saying is what is the meaning of ministration of the Spirit? Oh. The Holy Spirit himself ministers the anointing to us. Yes, but how do we, how do we, if I say, minister the Spirit, how do you do it? Or the ministration of the Spirit, we said, first is the preaching of the Word, because the Word is Spirit. The words that I speak to you, they are Spirit and Life. So if you minister the word, you are ministering the spirit anyway. Yes, tell me, what's the ministration of the spirit? How shall not the ministration of the spirit be rather glorious? What's the ministration of the spirit? When you use the gifts of the spirit, I'm surprised you are all sitting down looking into my face. It is a term I use every day here. I'll minister the word when I finish, I minister the spirit to you. We say it here every day. When I start using the gifts of the Spirit. But that is also tertiary. Though fundamentally, if you say minister the Spirit, that's what you do. But in this contest, the ministration of the Spirit by using the gifts of the Spirit is tertiary. The primary is preaching. The secondary... Okay. Let me not confuse you. That is it. Using the, the Holy Spirit. What other ways do we minister the Spirit? What other ways do we minister the Spirit? Tell me. Uh-huh. By speaking in tongues. Do you agree with her? That when you pray in tongues, you minister the Spirit? Do you agree with her? You agree with her? Why? Give me the correct answer. Don't preach it. Just tell me in one line. Why, if somebody is speaking in tongues, it's ministry of the Spirit. Who has the answer? One line. No, you are trying to explain. Because you see, when the person is, no preaching. Yes. It's the Spirit which gives utterance. Clap for him. Uh-huh. Who also wants to say the same thing in another way? Yeah? 
It's a gift of the Spirit. I like that. I like the argument. Uh-huh. The Spirit speaks through us. Bible says, He that speaketh by the Spirit. Oh, no man speaking by the Spirit of the Lord. So, speaking in tongues, speaking by the Spirit of the Lord. Alright. But, if somebody had said prayer, I would have given the person 100%, and the person said, speaking in tongues, I would have given him like 90 because it's not just speaking in tongues it is prayer is ministering the spirit the way you minister the spirit of grace you see it's called the spirit of supplication and grace prayer and grace so one of the ways we minister the spirit is through what prayer ministration of the spirit singing Making melody in your heart. Singing. Or you realize every time we worship, the spirit moves. Uh-huh. The administration of the spirit, yes. When you prophesy, of course. Of course. Say of course. Everybody say of course. Prophesying is a ministration of the spirit. He said it. He said when you use the gifts of the spirit. But prophesying in particular uniquely stands out as a ministration of the Spirit. And see, it's closely linked with preaching, especially if it's under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Pick up the line again and cry aloud. And give to God the praise of our salvation. And cry aloud and give to God the praise of our salvation. And cry aloud, get to another part, and give. To God, the praise of our salvation. All right. Now we are in Second Corinthians, chapter three, verse eight. Right. Don't forget what we are studying. Then read on. If the ministration of condemnation. Be glory, much more do the ministration of righteousness exceeding glory. What is he talking about? He's talking about ministering the word of God, the New Testament, preaching Christ, preaching the gospel, and he's calling it the ministration of righteousness. Hey, righteousness is right standing Before God, without any sense of condemnation or inferiority. You're right standing with God. And he said, there's a ministration of righteousness. When you preach the gospel, the good news, that shows people are accepted in Christ. You are ministering righteousness to them. And when you preach the law, you are ministering condemnation to them. You are finishing them. First, he said, there's a ministration of death. This is a ministration of condemnation. Abunsam James Street. Ah, who about our trousers? Abunsam James Street. 
You like this, didn't cover your hair, you are praying. God is not hearing your prayer. Ah! Saturday. You, you are worshiping on Sunday. You are worshiping the sun God upon St. James Street. You made love to your wife yesterday night and you are coming to take communion today upon St. James Street. Ah! You, pa, you are menstruating and you are in church upon St. James Street. That is the gospel of exclusion. Even if it's a gospel. Read on. Don't forget what we were studying, okay? For even that which was made glorious had no glory in Israel by reason of the glory that excelleth. Uh-huh. And then on and 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 on. Come all the way down. Verse 15. But even unto this day when Moses is read. The Moses stands for Old Testament. Up to today when they read the Old Testament... There's a veil on their face. Let's see the previous verse. But their minds were blinded. For until this day remained the same veil. And taken away in the reading of the Old Testament. Which veil is done away in Christ? Now, he's saying that the letter is knocked off. Because the veil is the letter. The letter veils the spirit. It says that when you tend to the Lord, the veil is taken off. So if the veil is taken off, what is left? The spirit. The veil is taken off. When you tend to Christ, now when you read the Old Testament, you read the Old Testament with the lens of the New Testament. You interpret the Old Testament in terms of grace and mercy. The New Covenant. Remember that it is when you turn to Jesus Christ that the veil is taken away. Remember that. Look at the next verse. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. He's talking about the Israelites. Up to today, when they read the Old Testament, there's a veil on their heart, so they can't see anything. See the word on their heart? The veil is on their heart. Look at the next verse. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, when they will turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Say, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil is taken. When you turn to the Lord, the veil is taken. Then the next verse says, the Lord is that spirit. It says, the Lord that you tend to for the veil to be taken is that spirit. Now, the Lord is that spirit. He said, the Lord, now he was talking about the Lord Jesus. Then now he says, when you tend to the Lord, the veil will be taken. The veil of the letter, the veil of the altar, the veil that makes people not to see the spirit. It says, the veil is taken when you tend to the Lord. The Lord is the spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, the, instead of death, there will be liberty. So, let's put it all together as we close. 
Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. But the Lord is the Spirit. So is the Holy Spirit actually. Who is the author and the finisher of your faith? You know, Jesus said, there are many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. But when the Holy Spirit comes. So if Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith, and Jesus is telling you that there are some things I want to tell you, but you cannot bear them, then obviously, the Holy Spirit is the one who finishes your faith. I want you to bow down your heads in a minute. The incentive for faith comes from the Holy Spirit. Say we lift our hearts. 
Now what we've been trying to say this morning is we need to believe more but the ability to believe is not independent of the work of God in us the ability to believe is a function of the word of God it is the word of God speaking in our heart that produces faith because the Bible says what's certain the word is neither even in your heart and in your mouth which is the word of faith we preach it's the word of God in your heart that produces faith but it's the spirit that gives you the incentives the initial incentive and that matures and perfects your faith because Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith lift up your hands The Bible actually said that building up yourself on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost, you see? So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you build up yourself on your most holy faith. That's what I want you to do in a moment. Open your spirit, open your spirit. Why can we go to Samba to the Dosa? When we go back to the Dosa, when we go back to the Dosa, when we go I can't hear you. When we go back to the Dosa, I can't hear you. Open your mouth and open your mouth and open your spirit. Consider it done. 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 Consider it. Done. 
Serve on your most holy faith. Now, it said building up yourself on your most holy faith. It didn't say building your faith. It said building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost. Yourself is your spirit. You yourself is you really use your spirit. When you pray in the spirit, you build. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you build your inner man. Because faith is the activity of your inner man, is the force and the strength of your inner man. So when you pray in tongues, you are exercising the strength of your inner man. Do you understand? Do you understand? So it will be easy for you to believe. Because your spirit man is now potent. There are some other things we don't we didn't talk about, but don't worry. It's not a teaching service. We'll talk about them later. Consider it done. Stretch your hand. Brain tongues. Whoa. Open your mouth.
Just pray in the spirit, everything stops. Just pray in the spirit. All the instruments, everything stops. Just pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. Let the Holy Ghost give you new vocabulary. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God alone, God alone, you alone. Can you be on your feet? If you can even come forward a little. God alone. You don't need to be crowded, but just move forward a little bit. Come closer to me. God alone. You alone. Let's sing it together. God alone. Father, thank you for this wonderful moment. I bless you, daughter of God. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. You alone.
God of love. Bring it closer to God Spirit is faith is automatic. Faith is the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Faith is the work of the Word of God in our hearts. Faith! Is the acknowledgement of the truthfulness of God and the verity of the Word of God. Father, let a blessing. Let a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Touch your people once again with your precious holy hands. We pray. Let your kingdom shine upon the earth Through a living, glorious child Not for temporary deeds But to restore authority and power Let a mighty rushing wind Touch your people once Lift up your hand Touch your people once again We Through a 
Rushing wind blowing, blowing, blowing. Touch you. Let me feel you. Let the mighty rushing wind blowing. Touch. Sing it last year. Let the mighty rushing wind Rushing wind blowing, touch your people once again. Let the mighty rushing wind blowing, touch your people once again. Let the mighty rushing wind blowing, blowing, touch 
Let your people again. Let the mighty rush and blow away. Let your people
céu That's prophecy. Let it come out of your lips. Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
there is a, a diabetic case here I'm not going to pray for you and you're going to come back I'm praying for you and that's the end because you were healed by his stripes but the day you believe is the day you receive and the day I speak it or lay hands that's the way they I transfer I impose the healing on you so we're going to do both you were healed by his strength you are healed but now you're going to receive by believing to believe is to take in I'll get into that some other time there are different levels of believing but believe means take in one is breathe in air inhale when I tell you to believe I'm asking you to breathe in but there's another level of believing which is drinking come to me and drink all you who test for as the scripture declares he that believeth out of his belly the way you believe is to drink believing is to take in take it in to your spirit so when I say believe I'm asking you to take into your spirit take it in in your spirit what you are hearing take it into your spirit what the word that is in your heart let it drop into your spirit what God is saying, receive it into your spirit. That's what it means. Believe means receive into your spirit. And that's all you require for a miracle. Because it is finished, yours is just to receive. So when I say receive, you receive it. When I lay hand on you, you receive it. Come closer. every diabetic case generational curse hereditary go go put your hands together for the Lord now if you have any genetic disorder or you have any have you heard this before where somebody's cells his own cells are fighting against his cells are so vicious you know your white cells are supposed to fight disease but your cells is so vicious that he sees other elements in your body as disease so he's fighting them now, if you have any disorder, being a genetic disorder, problem with your cells, I want you to come quickly. Just, if you have any problem with your cells, the doctor says the cells are fighting each other, or there's any problem with the cells, or there is a genetic disorder, or any problem in that regard, I want you to come forward, because once the anointing is here for that, let's finish this. Standing here in your presence, thinking of 
and living your spirit to you work on earth is done and living your spirit to your work on earth that Lord your Holy Spirit touching your daughter healing her body bringing her body to the level of the word where the body and the word have the same characteristics I thank you Father I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen.
hands up your hands all of them that appear before the Lord in Zion they go from strength to strength spirit inspire spirit revive spirit actuate move people like the way you move Samson like the way you move the prophets move in our hearts creating the incentives for faith and the consummation of faith thank you Lord unleash faith unleash faith we love and thank you in Jesus holy name Amen